show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer episode 85. It's me, Russ the Face, and I'm joined by the full Facehammer crew. That's Byron, Les, and Terry. How's it going? The camera. It's good. I'm trying to not be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we're actually doing this on webcam as well, so we'll probably be putting a video up on YouTube if you want to look at our COVID faces. Um, and uh, some of us have, uh, have, have, have tried self-haircuts and others have just put hats on. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see me with like a shaved head. Like... No, I don't want to see your attempt at a haircut. It's, it's not good. It's not pretty. Um, so... We haven't recorded for a while, so I just thought we'd we'd start off the show with a little bit of a, a sort of talk about where we've been and what's been going on. So obviously, everyone's facing their own stuff at the moment. Um, we've had a lot of going on in our personal lives and stuff, and we we've just basically had a little bit of a break um, from Facehammer uh, from recording and and being able to get together, um, which I know sounds bizarre when people have been cooped up inside, but um, you know there's just been a lot of pressure on all of us in different angles. So we, we decided to kind of, let's just take off the, off the gas a little bit. Um, not, not stopping, but we just decided let's, uh, let's have a bit of a break. Um, we all needed it to have a bit of a refresh. The COVID affected everyone differently, didn't it? Right. So like, obviously you could have doubled down and put out content, but at that period, like all of us were under different strains. So it, it made sense for us to sort of just have a breather and sort of like reevaluate where we are and like outside of Warhammer as a hobby, you know, it affects everyone differently, right? It's not, as much as Warhammer is a big part of all of our lives, like, you know, there's this whole thing that's going on that's actually quite quite scary. Like, uh, when you think about it, speaking for myself, it's been nice to take a bit of a breather and reevaluate. Um, you know, all of us, like me, you and Byron, particularly had to, you know, we were playing the guessing game of what was going to happen. And obviously, I was going to, uh, I was going to Domus' event, Midwest Meltdown in America, which was due to go, like, in the next week or so with, with Ben Johnson and stuff. And, like, you know, so there was a lot of stuff to factor in. As that, that there's a like a concern and a worry outside of you know recording, and I think it, it is for me, it's allowed me to come back a bit more refreshed. I think personally, I don't know whether the rest of you guys can think about it. I don't know what Terry or Byron thinks, but hated seeing all these reminders just pop up in the morning like you should be at Adepticon, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like, uh, Six Nation, whatever it is, just like things yeah. pop up, and you're just like, I think as well, because it was so turbulent about what was happening and we do a lot of event coverage and we talk about a lot of tournament um, prep and the meta is a moving thing. So the meta changes. Or is it? It, well, oh, it was it's a moving thing. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a context, you know, it's, it's got a context and the problem yeah. is with what we're going through right now, we don't know when that context will be relevant. So for me, it was difficult it's begin because, again. you know, we almost need to when events start up say well this is now the context for our tactical discussion because if we have a tactical discussion say in february or march then by the time you could apply that it might be september october november or even january next year it's completely irrelevant so it's 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 difficult to be yeah and i know though it's i know it's kind of a nice distraction to have it it's also 
people are going through different things is warhammer really the the thing that we should be talking about and i think for me i had a lot going on with work um and transitioning away from my my employment and and doing this project and then the, before i walked out the door basically um and so it's been a challenging sort of six months for me anyway um just from a other point of view so it's just taking the pressure off not having to put out content so um yeah sorry guys it's been a while it's been about five months since our last show but you know don't worry it really missed you. <laughs> yeah. so um speaking of um covid and events um we should probably talk about um face hammer gt mm-hmm. so um the face hammer grand tournament normally runs in september now obviously we're not going to be running that event this year in the same context of um running a tournament that element where you go along and you play with models and all the rest of it but we don't want to do nothing because for us it's a great opportunity to meet people uh talk about hobby and and have a nice social and um in the age of technology that we're in we can do that via other platforms on the internet um so we've i know les was quite quite come up with quite a cool idea for painting and things like that and hobby and um we've had a chat about it now we're not going to announce details now um but let's just say that there will be a way for you guys to join in and hang out wherever you are in the world so hopefully that's, that's exciting for you yeah really exciting for us as well i mean getting giving people the opportunity to to from all over like if you've ever wanted to be part of the face hammer gt and you're say in new zealand with matty watkinson friend of the show and you, you want to sort of like you know set your time and do come and be part of it then you hopefully if it all pans out the way that we've you know the way that we're thinking then you'll have the opportunity wherever you are to be you know be part of that so there's some names that i'd expect to see you know like your domuses your relians you know your chucks and like matty from down in new zealand so hopefully we can have a few more people from all over that area to to, to come and be part of it um you know and it, it will be really cool it would be awesome if we could do that and i know that terry's volunteered to uh do the night shift. <laughs> I thought Kay volunteered to do it all. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yeah. And I can't do 48 hours straight, I'm afraid. I remember yeah. the last time we did an overnight Warhammer stream, and that was... Uh, I, I haven't watched it back, but I'm sure at some point I'm falling asleep on the microphone. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can remember being left on a sofa in the, the hottest room in the world to try and sleep after I had... An emotional outburst because I was grumpy and tired. So it was. You, got, you were on a timeout. You went on the naughty step. Yeah, I went on a timeout. Did I? I was just like, oh, I, just and I had to record through your bit, so I didn't get a break. And I was yeah. like, I was playing Andy Talbot at like six in the morning, and I was like, why am I, why am I trying to think tactically at Age of Sigmar at six in the morning? And all I want to do is go to bed. Me- Mate, the best bit of that entire trip was me being in the car and like you basically we get leaving Nottingham at like six in the morning. <laughs> that, that's the weekend Terry won his golden demon, wasn't it? And like we left the we left uh, Nottingham and like with it we'd not even got out of Nottingham and you were like Sparko, you were like catching flies like next to me. And then like we pulled up outside your house and you were like, Oh, that went quick. And I went, Yeah. <laughs> but, that, <laughs> you know, but we'd had like a like a two hour like traffic jam in Birmingham because of an accident, and you were just like Oh, that went quick, and I was just like, "It's three in the afternoon, dude. We left at six in the morning." <laughs> like, you know, like, you were just like, "Is the sun out?" <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel really awake now. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> I might um, stay up a bit longer. because <laughs> 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 well, I remember we went we went over to Martin's place, didn't we, at breakfast time? Yeah. And I, I just felt drunk. I felt it was weird. I haven't felt that for years. Because the problem is, 
precursor to that, I had a full day's. I was up at six in the morning doing a full day's work and the travel. So it wasn't like you got to sleep in and then oh, we'll, we'll sleep in and then we'll just go and do it. So, but yeah, we're we're planning to try and do it um, all over the weekend, so the time zones will be covered. Yeah, um, we might have a four hour break in there some point where there's you know the graveyard shift where there's nobody around. We might just well, Terry's ter- ter- doing that though, isn't break. he? Well, I mean, that that sofa behind me is a pull-out bed, so I could literally just just crash on that watch. and then just yeah, uh, it just be like Big Brother, just put it on like night vision mode. The less shift, you can watch us sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, all all joking aside, uh, we're gonna do something um, exciting. Um, it'll be hobby focused. Um, we are talking about maybe doing some online seminars or, or talks. But you'll have access paint to us along or something and hang yeah. out. Yeah, paint along. You ask us questions. Um, you know, we we might do a formal session of recording, uh, probably on that that time because then that allows us to capture viewer questions around a topic. In terms of the podcast as well, um, we we kind of want to just say to people that there will be some changes coming, and what we want to do is is release more regular content but also relaunch the the channel uh in a new format so we're not going to talk about the details but the idea is that uh going forward we will have more regular content coming out that you guys can engage with so the idea is that we're going to relaunch um face hammer uh details will be coming soon um we're not really going to talk much more about that but i just think from us there will be a commitment from our side to release a scheduled regular content uh, and yeah, also sure. hit more different platforms, I believe, is the plan. So more info to follow. Yeah. But we wanted to um, just address that and just talk to people who <laughs> probably think, where the guys, were they doing it anymore? Yes, we're still going to be doing Facehammer. Yes, it will be um, more regular and more structured in the future. And uh, watch this space, basically. And we appreciate the support. That in the interim, regardless of what we've had going on, like our brains haven't stopped thinking about Warhammer. Um, Terry's definitely not stopped painting Warhammer, that's for sure. Neither's Lewis. <laughs> um, <laughs> neither have I. I'm, I'm surrounded by loads of stuff that I didn't know how to do like months ago. So I think we've got some pretty, pretty cool stuff well, that we can add, gray, especially. Grey plastic collection has grown even bigger. <laughs> you just you just dry brush it anyway, Russ, apparently. So it's fine. Well, I, I was dry brushing things grey, but then I've just been dry brushing. It <laughs> comes into grey plastic, so why bother? Yeah, you may as well just, just like, build blast it, right? it with like, like what a wash, right? And then it's just grey, right? Yeah, that's a tiny thing. My grey thing's grey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what is what we're going to talk about now? Then we're we're in our our first show back after a hiatus. What is our topic? So we're we're going to discuss. Um, obviously, the Luminef have dropped um, in their launch box, and um, General's Handbook is imminent. Um, so we're not going to talk about the handbook on this show, but we are going to talk about Luminef. And I know there were other releases that have come out in the interim, like uh, Seraphon and things like that. But what we're going to do is we're going to start with um, with this show. is just going to be talking about Luminef, but we're not going to do a man reads book style review because there's no point. The book's out there. People have got it. There's other content out there. But what we want to do is um, we decided yesterday evening late evening that we would each take a great nation um as there's four and there's four of us so that seemed like it was a kismet 
uh, we would yeah. take one of those great nations and we would go away with the book and try and write a list between nine o'clock last night and twelve o'clock today, um, whilst also sleeping, and um, and um, come up with if we were gonna if we had to take that great nation and we wanted to take a list that to an event, what would we put in it, and a little bit about our painting process as well. Um, and how we would paint it. Now, Les has got a bit of an advantage here because he's wanted to collect Luminef for ages and he's already been painting models and he's already re- digested the book backwards and forwards. practicing before the models are out. He was doing <clears> his bases, so he's known yeah, what yeah. he's been doing for about six months. Yeah, cue yeah. me getting loads of rules wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, like we'll put it out and people be like, man, actually, you've misread it. <laughs> <laughs> Les, as if you think you're going to get rules wrong, you wait until we get to me. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what we'll do is um, we're going to take a, a great nation and we're going to talk cool. through our our list and what we want to do um, and uh, we'll talk through them. Yeah, so I don't know if uh, we want to start with, or who wants to start? I should, should Dr. Les, because he should know what he's doing. In theory, yes. So when the Warmer community sort of started showing pictures of the Luminous stuff, um, you know, like with the artwork, it... it one of the schemes that they showed like really sort of like spoke to me very much like um initially with the the stormcast eternals there was um the stormcast command and there was a piece of artwork in um white dwarf which was a retributor like hitting a bloodthirster and it was a celestial vindicator um celestial vindicator uh stormcast is it byron's got a picture of it on his wall hasn't he yeah so it's um yeah that is the exact picture that inspired me to do celestial vindicators um and very much like that um i decided that this scheme that they'd released of the um which is part of my twitter picture if you want to like have a look at it like my twitter like picture now is the um the warden in the sire great nation scheme now um so yeah it was quite fortunate that that was the, the the scheme that i liked and it was obviously part of that great nation and that it's quite quite cool but i mean i'll sort of like come out and say now i actually think that there's lists be around every great nation in this luminef book i don't think in you know you look at the daughters of cain book of old and you go oh calibron or like um hagnar and then no one really cared about the others i mean i know I right know, we are yeah or you should chuck more an example yeah petroflex or the one that russ takes i think like each one of these actual great nations is there's they're very much usable and I, I hope that we can show that with what this that we've written um you know all together so so essentially how i would paint my my luminef is the, the same sort of scheme and it, on my instagram which is les underscore facehammer or like my twitter i've actually broken down how i went about painting the luminef to that that scheme because I've, I've had quite a lot of really nice feedback about it so that was good and you know i know like terry and russ and, and um and like matt from pro painted that they've given me like quite a little bit of feedback beforehand when i was painting so like i'd taken the pictures from the Warhammer community site printed them off in black and white and like pre did the scheme that way so um it's something i picked up from the the twitch stream uh the heavy metal team guys do they take a picture of a model and then they put it in black and white and then they basically paint over that picture to allow them to plan how their scheme's going to go um so it was quite nice to do that so i'd highly recommend doing that if you're going to do like your own luminef or your, any army scheme you then can see how the schemes work and how the complementary colors work and it allows you to sort of like have a roadmap of painting an army so that's essentially what i did with the the luminef and you know i can run through it but i think if you just want to really see how i've done it look on my look on my twitter page it's a pin tweet 
yeah you can pop a link down it's, you know um, it's got yeah it's super classic cream and purple kind of good yeah. guys of old basically and it's it's you know it's, it's based off like you know the wraithbone uh the wraithbone undercoat spray which is um you know makes it really really quick uh you know i know i think using contrast in in, in very different ways than it's maybe intended uh it, i found it really really good like you know just or like using line highlights is in that sorry like line shading with the contrast to you know and then because it's such a, an interesting con like you know because of the way it works it's like a thinner wash isn't it you can almost like create a transition into the the, the depth of the, the the armor panel which i thought was really cool um so so yeah that's kind of how i did it but if you've got any questions at all about how i did it if you're interested like just just like hit me up on like instagram or, or twitter and I'm, I'm responding to anyone that asks questions at the moment um you know regarding it all um and the bases which i get asked all the time if you search online on youtube for rob paints models it's his youtube uh guide on how he did saint celestine's um saint celestine's marble basin which terry pointed out to me um when i was talking about doing marble basin he was like you know that this is really really good lists wise so um obviously i was going to take the it made sense for me to take the great nation of sire because that was the scheme that my um you know the scheme that my, my luminef essentially you're in um i think it's quite a quite an interesting great nation i mean one of the one of the really good things about it is that you, you essentially double up on your afer quartz um so whilst that is a double-edged sword because you're gonna essentially damage your bravery and with when you look at the luminef war scrolls they're they're actually not that high bravery i think your wardens are like bravery um bravery six so like you know if you double a for quartz them over the course of the game they're not particularly good um, you know, you, you're going to suffer a lot with the battle shock. Um, so it's quite handy, you know, getting that re-rollable armor save, getting the re-roll hits, you know, it, it, those key features. Uh, those are the key parts of the, the of the battle, um, which is why, like, the way that I've had, like, I mean, this list that I'm, I've wrote is, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, more of a case of me taking the stuff that I would like with a competitive edge, as opposed to what I would necessarily class as a cutting edge list. Um, you know, I think that, like a lot of there's been a lot of comments online at the moment i do think that you know your luminef aren't going to be a push it forward kill everything it's it's definitely a you know it's a finesse army it's a player's army you you need to get new games in to be able to win games when i looked at this list i was like right so one of the key features with luminef is that if you take techless which i wanted to take techless um is that you need to keep them alive um so for that you need to keep your drops down in my opinion so the I initially went and looked at the uh, Euralian, or can't pronounce it, Legion, um, which essentially allows you to take a Cathlar, which is the the mage with the the veil over her face and the battle shot yeah. banks, um, and it allows you then to take um, your your standard units in. Um, you, you're sorry, your standard units uh, within that battle shock is two to five, I think it is. Um, I can't remember the the cap on it, but essentially, and what it does is it allows you to reroll ones on arm saves if you're within range of any other unit from that battalion. So it's it's quite a defensive sort <clears> of um, a defensive sort of battalion. But for me, it's more about it comes like the Cathlar and those units means that you essentially have those all drop, and then Teclis is the separate drop that you put on afterwards. Um, so yeah, so I've taken Teclis, um, and um, there's like you know. Obviously, because he's handy, he's like you know, it's both laws. Like you know, I can, we can. I'm sure other people have gone through his war scroll. To, to, for me, he he is the like the Swiss Army knife of the of the list. And I'll get to why I've taken how I've like put that with the actual army when I get to the other spells and stuff. 
um i've took the the cathlar um and they've got the the this sort of like the standard sire command trait which to be honest like i don't see it being particularly particularly useful um with the, the way because essentially i don't think that you're going to need to use the command trait because essentially um, does it do um the so the command trait is at the start of a combat phase pick one enemy hero within six of the general uh, the enemy hero can only target the general in that phase um in addition you can add one to hit rolls for attacks that target that enemy hero um sorry that's the command trait so um and then the command ability is uh you use this command ability when a friendly unit uh, could use an a for quartz reserve ability even if uh, it already has done um so if you do so pick one friendly unit that has an a for quartz reserve and is wholly within 18 of a friendly sire hero that unit can use one of its so so basically the command ability allows you to use an additional aether quartz you spend a command point get to use an additional aether quartz because you can only use one a turn essentially so it'd be it's one per phase isn't it oh one per phase one per phase so you couldn't if you had two units in combat you couldn't go i'll give them both re-roll saves against in that phase but because of their they get more aether quartz but you can also double that up i think that's quite powerful because when I was looking at it, I thought there's quite a lot of restriction around the Aether Quartz because if you yeah. decided, oh, I'm going to use it to re-roll, I don't know, re-roll once to hit, I think it is, but you go, I'm going to use it on this this offensive area, and then suddenly another combat, they're coming back at you and you go, I really want to re-roll my saves. You can't, even if they've got Aether Quartz because you've used one in that phase. So I so think it's it's, um, it's really important with, with you your army that you can go, actually, I'll double this up because I can... I could do Re-roll the hits. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I think it, it's quite handy. I was thinking of the when I was saying like the command trait not being particularly good as opposed to the the ability. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's handy. Um, you know, it's, I think the only problem with this list is that there's not a lot of punch in it. Um, which you know, it's when you've got like so essentially it's the Teclas, the Cathlar, thirty um, wardens, um, then two units of two units of ten sentinels, which are the bow guys um and dawn riders two units of dawn riders i believe i would have to i think it's a, an illegal list because i'd need to separate the i yeah, need to take need one of these wardens yeah yeah i need to separate it from 20 from 30 down to 20 so i, I need to look at that 20 and, a 10, be 20 and a 10 as opposed to uh you know do it that way because essentially then for each one you take each warden unit you take you get a additional battle line unit from the yeah. dawn riders or the sentinels and the so, formation yeah, so is every warden unit and a sentinel so it's equal so you need like if you have two sentinel you need two warden um so yeah it's that um with the the, and then i've got um some endless spells which is the spell portal uh the rune of petrification and and the palisade um the reason you take obviously that the portal is techless has got a very very good um aoe blow up spell um which you know you, you with the the added range of the portal you can hit everything um, the rune of petrification is also particularly good because it double um i believe it double taps mortal wounds when it goes down kind of like hits you at the start and the end of the movement phase i believe um uh, and then the palisade is because if i need to get people are going to shoot techless off right so if i can carry them behind a palisade winner um so yeah um i've got the like obviously techless knows all of the lore but it's quite handy with you know the the unit of wardens have got the the ethereal spell um both units of sentinels have lambent light which allows them to reroll hits and then the dawn riders have got the speed of hish spell which doubles their move um if they get the opportunity to cast it because it, it depends whether they do the gleaming weapons i can't remember the exact name of the spell the the plus one to do more wounds um with their 
um, with their damage. So, so yeah, like the plan is essentially, you know, if you can, depending on what you're facing, you know, maybe cast four spells with Teclas, dependent on if they're gonna, unless you're playing something that's gonna essentially uh, unbind you, um, or make sure that you do two spells at twelve and and uh, get off that portal and do the the AOE mortal wounds. So, um, it, it all depends what you're up against, um, and obviously the the Cathlar sits behind the unit of wardens, so that if they do take damage on the charge on a two up, they can bounce the mortal, uh, bounce the battle shot back onto that unit if it's out of position and they can't CP it away. Fair enough. And, yeah. uh, what protection does Teclas have? Just out like I'm looking at his war score now. Not like, a lot. Uh, <laughs> why does he need so much protecting? Is he just sixteen wounds to the four plus? Does he have any other stuff going on outside of that, or? So you can Teclas has got a 16, 16 wounds of a four plus. Um he has got an innate four plus bounce, uh, you know, the um the fire slayer and the spell spell. Yeah, bounce. so he ignores spells on a four plus. Yeah. Um and he also has a, a another spell which is a AoE sort of like bubble effect which gives uh, which shrugs uh, more which is like an after save of a five plus. Yeah, so it's a five up wound or mortal yeah. wound ignore. Yeah. So so he, that affects he, every unit within um, 18. Protection of Texas, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good, um, isn't it? And then you can... The the only problem is, is that it doesn't stack with the spell lore protection of Hish because there's the, essentially the spell lore can do that as well. Um, yeah, there's just know, one so. unit, isn't it? And you can't... If yeah. you've cast one, you can't cast the other. Yeah, um, so it's... But it's it, quite... Yeah, it's the problem with Teclas, is Les touched on it already, is that if you don't go first, he's very vulnerable Just to an alpha say. strike. Yeah. Or a double, so, which which is more you likely need a hero to go phase. first. Yeah. Well a double's not too bad because it, it's in effect until your hero phase, so it's Yeah, I, I yeah, I just mean if like if someone's got the ability to be really specific, can they and they can only do enough to half take his wounds down and they get the priority. If he is that important oh, yeah, yeah. within your list, then um what what are you specifically worried about with him? Is it is it high quality range damage with rend? What what are you trying to protect him against? And anything really. If he if he <laughs> dies, um, he's. I mean, essentially, the the plan with the list is. And like, I don't know if you've looked at the Sentinel War Scroll, Byron. Um, is that the with his? If you're fine going first and you deploy stupidly, um, and all of your little heroes are bunched up, then there's a strong chance I'm killing all of your support heroes on the first turn. Because you get the uh, if you don't stop the spells, the Teclas's mortal wound spell will do D three mortal wounds to everything within eighteen inches. Um, or if I roll a five plus D six mortal wounds, and then the Sentinels don't need line of sight, and they're doing mortal wounds on sixes. Yep. Did notice so, that they seem incredibly yeah. good. So you and all you need to do is cast that, and the unit can cast the five up spell. So then, if you essentially go, if Teclas has the ability to pick, you know, the hero. Lambent Light allows you to re-roll because Tactless has access to the entire lore. Um, you then do, you know, the, the unit then casts its five-up spell, which then turns its sixes doing more wounds to fives. 30-inch range, no line of sight needed. You, you're going to, if you've got, if you rely on those small support characters, it's a very interesting way to just remove those. I mean, you'd need to be lucky, I think, but, you know, two units, if you really want to kill those units off, um, and also, you've got the the protection, the sorry, the the endless spell, which I'll just confirm the wording on there because I mean I, I think the range of it's a bit low. I believe it's eighteen. Um, yeah, I just so, had a look at that. The is that the pet the rune of yeah the rune of petrification. Mm. Um, so it happens so, at yeah. the start and end of the movement phase. Start and the end of the movement phase. Yeah, D three mortals um, within six four, inches on a four plus. So it's a very I was gonna say it's a very complex like 
there's a lot to the book. I've really, <laughs> I think there's like yeah. a, there's like a, a slow learning curve and then suddenly you'll get to a point where you understand it and then things will be a lot easier. But yeah. there's a lot in there. It's, yeah, I mean, I think, I think yeah, the it's... combo of um, when you look at the rules and you say, if you read the scrolls and stuff, they seem in isolation are quite simplistic, but the complexity is when you, you start using other things and you see that there's quite a lot of complexity here. I don't know whether the the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of um paying blows of points for these little enhancements where you might just be better off putting like a hundred guys on the table that are just innately good let's see what happens when we get to my list <laughs> yeah i think the i think the it's a very weird book i think the problem with it is that if you that you almost need you almost need an extra 250 points to get get that get that sort of like the combat unit um like i mean i, I think when terry touches on the his eumetrica america list that he's going to do um you know like i think you need the main the mountains are the damage dealers and it's like if you've got two mountains and obviously with the heightened reflexes rule where you activate for every activation you go twice don't you so essentially you go it's my turn you're not always strikes first i'm going to charge the mountain into this unit the, the king into this unit and my unit of stone guard into that unit that have been buffed by the mountain to get plus one attack you know you then go well the king will go and i activate this at the same time so the king will decimate the unit with his like six attacks damage five plus his hooves which are like damage two and then the actual like the stone guard then get to go with their buffed attacks characteristic and go as well um i think that's the problem with the list is that you either go super defensive and like magic output which is kind of like what i've got because it's based around that sort of like the shining company um, you know, the minus one to hit, you know, the fact that I can make the unit of wardens on like, you know, I, I make them ethereal with a re-rollable armor save at minus one to hit. And when you charge them, they're rend one, you know, they're, they're quite good. You know, I can double tap the aether port. So you, you know, the re-roller armor save because the aether port the re-roller to. to make sure that you pump those attacks through. But the problem is, is that you're relying on the techless spells. You're relying on the, the mortal wounds to deal damage to the units that you don't want to engage. Whereas, you know, and, and the, the the horses is the problem just to be able to go around. I mean, he's basically it's, gonna. It's, it's a problem if he dies, but you're gonna. Yeah, get if he dies, then it's game over. Guaranteed getting the spells over. Yeah, it's unless he plays each. But I mean, again, he's also quite good at shutting down like your enemy spells. Oh, like, massively. I mean, so the fact the fact that he's got an in every turn he can do an automatic unbind. He automatically turns off uh, an endless spell, and then he gets unlimited unbind. So if you cast it and he's in range, you can unbind it. So it's hmm. that's. You know, it's, and you've also it's, got every unit is a wizard, basically, isn't it? Basically. And every yeah, that's yeah. that's another thing. Like you know, you've got it struck the... me when I was reading the book a lot. Like uh, the the last event I went to, eggs where I, I ran a load of rune lords, they they just seemed incredible. Like and that that's just one attempt at plus two, having enough that you you're not managing a resource of oh I'll try that one or oh, try that one like. Your, your opponent's magic phase for you is going to seem extremely relaxed i imagine obviously you might not you might not get it off but you've got one automatic and you've got multiple attempts some of which could be a bonuses I, I don't know if they are or not but you're you're in a really really strong position to just try and stop every single thing they do and regardless if they've got bonuses that's still it's a lot of roles isn't it like it's very often in age of sigma you're like right i've got attempts that are in range i'm going to use this guy he's at plus two because that's the most important one. Oh, it didn't work that means I need to use this one on this one and then this one on this one and then my opponent's got three free spells that I can do nothing about like that's that's a dangerous situation to be in and this army just feels like it'll be in that situation not very often 
it's very reliable to get your spouse through as well which is really interesting on it you know like so the, the thought the thoughts that i've got is that you know on those turns where you double your opponent um you know techless automatically turns off the the rune of petrifiction spell you've moved your dawn riders around the corner you know because of their fast move you they essentially if they cast their spell they move 28 so they could be anywhere on the board you know <sighs> then techless turns off the rune of petrifiction you know the dawn riders then cast it they don't cast it you go okay i'll spend my aether quartz and add plus one if i need it or re-roll because they can do, that's what the one of the aether quartz's abilities are so like then you've then got that spell going down in the center of the army then techless is boom with the the other stuff it's it's very you know it's 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 a, a, a massive selection of moving parts that i think when some when you sort of like you can see it all like almost not when you can see the matrix i think it'll be very very good but it does die to a stiff breeze. That's the only problem. It looks like um, a load of it. Is, it looks like a very. I think Russ have played this army extremely well. A lot of it makes me think like, well, it's like a Roman army where you've got this block that does exactly this, and they got this much reach and a small footprint. These guys could stand in front of these guys. These guys would be faster on the edge. You could you could draw how this army would be in turns one, two, and three typically. Um, and it, yeah, it seems like there's there's quite a lot to that. So, um, Terry, do you want to do your nation next? So I've gone with the Eumetrica, um, just because I like the idea of the big big mountain cows. Um, and I went for a more what I'd like to paint, um, but also be decent on the table um, from just, you know, only having read the book for about an hour or two, just having a little flick through. Um, I've gone with the formation seems an obvious choice just to get um you know everything down in less drops and it's the stuff you're going to take anyway so um i've gone with a stone mage uh two stone mages sorry um i've gone cool. with the avalonor the stoneheart king because i think if you're going to do the cow list you, you're going to take him yeah um three tens of the stone guard um for the battle line i've varied weapons just uh, if i was going to do it i'd have some units with the mallets and units with the picks the diamond picks just to sort of mix it up a little bit so they look a bit more interesting and then just sort of play and see how they they work on the table uh two units of the 10 sentinels because i think you need some reach just to pick off the heroes and sit at the back and hold objectives while you push your other bits forwards uh, another uh, spirit of the mountain in there as well and then i also put in the sanctum um spell it was either that one or the haitian twin stones because i had some points left over um like so obviously for the there's you've got four casters in there with the two units of uh the sentinels and the stone mages i didn't actually double check that the um the stone guard were wizards as well they're not are they the no. what the infantry yeah no they're not it's just the um the uh bow guys and the spear no. guys and the horses that look like they're also wizards, aren't they? The Dawn Riders, yeah. It's basically, it's whether it's Venari units, which are like the militia. Yeah. So they're all mages, whereas the um, the Alaref, which are the stone units, they have the mountain stance, which reduces your rend by one, and they also get that pushback. So you can, because you've got that that whole geometric pushback that they do where they, at the in the uh, Battleshot phase, you like to push a unit away from stuff, which is really interesting. It looks like quite good for objective play and stuff for pushing models out of scoring range. And with the it's unique as well, right? Like pretty yeah. much like that's yeah. anything that's unique is powerful. Yeah, you, and then they like, you can do it twice as well. So yeah. obviously different units, but you could push back multiple units with one unit, which is quite nice. Yeah, you use two of your you units to, to push back one of theirs twice. No, I believe one enemy unit can be affected by it once 
so you can't multiple multiple like, shove back the yeah, same unit. That yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that would be pretty tidy because you could take like three units and just push a unit back. Objectives. Yes. You know, six <laughs> uh, three three four times, just shove them right off the uh, objective. But yeah, uh, so tectonic force. Um, friendly cannot pick the same enemy unit more than once in the same phase. So yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't double shove. But the um, yeah, the I mean, the army would look quite fun. I think you've got two smaller heroes, two big. Yeah, I I was surprised the um, the spirit of the mountains not a hero as well. I thought, I thought that was going to be a a hero, (laughs) but he's just a behemoth, which obviously makes him unable to take um, artifacts, which limits them a little bit, but. So just like a tree lord, isn't it? They they can't take. Yeah, every single playtest game, uh, everyone put artifacts on the the spirit of the mountains, and it was just like he's not a hero. It's just because you just assume that you would be. Um, You're quite limited what you can actually do with your artifacts with with this list because the stone mage has to take the um, obviously the formation one, uh, the geometrical one, which yeah. you know it's not great. Um, but the it wasn't too bad from what I remember. The it's because it's, it's a, a bear, bearer's uh, melee weapon. You can add damage inflicted. Um, it, it's, it's I mean it's all right. Like I would have liked to have taken on a good character. You, yeah, got the, there the the command ability allows you to double up the tectonic force, which yeah. is good with your metrica. That's what makes it good. As in, like you can normally only push back a unit once, but the command ability is redoubled force, so it allows you to um, do it again. It says like. Um, Pick one friendly Alref unit that has just forced an enemy unit using its tectonic force. Um, that is wholly within 18 of a Yometrica hero. You can use the tectonic force battle trait for a second time by picking one other enemy unit within one inch of that friendly unit. So they only so if you've doubled up, you can push multiples with it. You've got one like if you've got one big blob, that sounds like it could be more useful. But very often it's one unit on one unit, isn't it? So if you're banking on part of that, it's it's actually more restrictive than it sounds. I think. Unless you're being ganked and you've got 30 guys doing a thing, like the stony dudes or whatever, um, very frequently, if you've got something powerful, your opponent will put one powerful thing into it. If you've got something super powerful and they're putting multiple crappy things and you don't particularly care about them, it's or a weird want them in combat. Yeah, you almost need to double up. You want to always have two of your units in combat. As, yeah. Yeah, because you go twice, don't you? Like, because of like you say to that yeah, one. You- um, so, and obviously, because you've got the wizards in there, you can obviously take some of the cool um, spells as well, which look quite fun. The um, spells are cool, yeah. Yeah, the entomb spells quite nice, where you roll, a, you pick an enemy model and you roll over their wounds and they die. If they've got more wounds than you roll, you know, and it's a six, you do, you just do d6 mortal wounds, which is quite nice. So you know, Solid. ten wound hero on a six, d6 mortal wounds, you know, a nice little snipey spell. Um, Crippling Vertigo, I quite liked as well because it's very much like one of the Nurgle spells, which halves their movement and stops them flying. Which, when you can stop a you know a big model flying out of a hole you know you've created by surrounding it, it's um it's quite nice for pinning something in place. Um, it's massive the... for um control because if you can control the reach of a key piece like a Terrorgeist or Archeon, then it can completely shut down things like. Oh, I'm going to use Archeon. I'm going to run him six, so then he's going to, you know, pile in six. If you suddenly half his move and you can't run and you know he can't fly, suddenly you can't get anywhere. So combo yeah. in that I mean, with the rune of petrification, if you had it as well, um, you know, because you're subtracting like you know 
your one from your charge rolls as well. So one thing I noticed about the spells, um, apart from the portals, is there any way to buff range uh, that isn't? I mean, it's going to be portals or um, the Bailwind on that Bailwind, right? There's no all, other way to buff range. All roughly eighteen. Yeah, but they're wholly within. So mm-hmm. you guys talking about Archeon, his his base is what five inches. So you've got to be thirteen inches yeah. away from Archeon to use that restrict eighteen inch spell. Um like yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think any like pretty much as a whole, any of their spells I think are graphically pulled back by range. Especially if you consider the guys that you'd be doing this with. So if you're doing that with Teclas, he's close enough. You don't want Teclas thirteen inches next to Archeon. That's why the portal is such a massive point in Teclas right. in every list of Teclas. Um, also, one of the things that I didn't really cover off that I'm sure Terry would have factored in with as well is that the total eclipse spell for me is you cast so that every turn with Teclas. Yeah, it's on one of the Sentinel units. Yeah, and one of them's got Lambent Light. Yeah, which is Byron. I don't know if you've looked at it. It's basically cast on an eight. You must for every time you want to spend a command point, you have to spend two. So, and that's table wide control in those keepers that want to pile in multiple yeah. times. I just, I mean, it, it feels to me like let's let's run through this in a realistic game sense rather than just talking about it. Like a lot of powerful armies out there are going to have an auto stop. They're going to stop your portal, your bail win, yeah. or whatever. Then, like, where are you at then? Like, if you've right, like, eighteen inches wholly within is crap for a lot of situations. If you're really, really worried about that, the thing that is casting it that has to be techless because he's the best caster. If he's the one doing it, that's a that's a pretty worrying situation if, for me. So. If you wanted to, you could with Tetris, you could use your you can't unbind this spell and do it, and they can't stop it. So you've you got ways to get around the auto stops. I think I think the the hero phase and how you structure it is, and it, it's effectively got a massive toolbox. And don't forget as well that all the units are wizards, are the unit champions for the um venari stuff so you can do it that way you're right 18 inches is is restrictive but the point is is that if you're if you're that far away you can do something like i'll just move out the out of range of it because i'm that far away i can just move they're gonna have to put their model forward to be in range of it and if they're in range of it then you've got ways to boost it there for either from a bell wind or 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 you know you can even double turn. You could move up, and then you get the turn. Move up within range, get the turn, then do it. And you could bubble wrap the the caster so that Archeon can't reach it. You know, there's there's ways around it. I mean, it's not it's not like saying this will just stop every army in its tracks because nothing in the game should do that because that would be rubbish. It's not like um, <laughs> running <laughs> running the gas like running the gas in OBR for example, the one where he takes a wound and then he, he somewhere else on the board or stuff like that, and he's got yeah. more inherent protection. Like, it's a very, very mm-hmm. different argument you're talking about. So, I mean, I've got written down on my notes next to me, like, sequencing with this army, like, you're going to have to do it, like, you put it perfectly there. Like, the, the order in which you do things and how organized you are or how planned you are or how well you know the army is going to be incredibly important. The moment you're facing just someone who knows what they're doing or an army that is inherently strong, I think you're, you're really you're going to have to play your tits off. Um, I think it's mistake, it'll be costly. I mean, most of these elite elves have always been like that. You know, elite, um, elite, fragile um, need to be used to maximum effectiveness. And I think the if you think of it like they've got this really, really varied toolbox, but all the tools are really delicate and surgeon instruments. 
Whereas yeah. other armies have got a toolbox full of hammers and and fucking crowbars, so you don't yeah. need to be a well, genius. They've got units that can do with a hammer, do you? <laughs> I mean, they've got units that can do everything. Whereas this army needs to do things in pairs for it to work. But if they can do that right, it's going to be awesome. I, I think it's going to be tricky. Um, definitely. Sorry, Terry. We like to completely <laughs> went off on a different stuff. This list was you don't get a lot. No. You don't. You don't get a lot. Like the, I was surprised that the stone guards actually were two wounds each as well, which was quite nice. Yeah, yeah it's tasty. Um, like, Actually, but they're still quite expensive. Though, right? You know, a unit of fifteen, it's you know three hundred points. It's still thirty wounds, same as you know a big unit of plague barrels or something. But they, um, yeah, you don't get a lot of bodies. I think if you spammed a lot of spears, you'd obviously get the bodies down. But well, you wait. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still it's... what fifty. Four, five, fifty-four, five models. It's you know, it's it's not a bad amount of models, but it's like you know, it's no ninety is, witch elves. <laughs> I was gonna say average, yeah. average army wounds is somewhere between like eighty and one hundred and twenty, and they probably fall within that still. But it's one hundred and sixteen. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I think um, um, one of the key things I think with the army and and like with those stone guys, you can make them very defensive, and then you can have the pikes lined up behind them. Now, when they go in and they fight, you, you've got a three-inch reach on the pikes. So you can almost, if you think like a traditional, you know, we've all seen Lord of the Rings, you know, the first opening on the Fellowship of the Rings, all the elves are lined up with the swords in the front and then the, the, the pikes behind. You could literally have the models set up in the stone guys in a, in a line in front of your army and then the elves with the pikes two ranks deep behind them um, fighting over the top, and because you get to pick two units to fight when you fight, they've got one chance to try and dent that before both units come back at them. And also, the the, the because the pike units or the wardens, we call them the terrors, because the terrors haven't um, haven't actually charged that turn. They're still getting the minus one. They still get plus one to hit wound and plus one rend because when they're charged, they if they don't move, um, that's when they get the benefits. Um, and like innately, the Alref Stone Guard unit can ignore Rend One, which is good. So you don't even need to put it in your Metrica if you didn't want to. I mean, obviously, your Metrica seems quite quite the obvious one because you can essentially get quite a lot. You know, ignore Rend Two with an Eighth of the Quartz rerolling arm saves. You know, it, you know, if you cast, uh, if you put a Cathlar in, you can get the um, the spell that you know the the Ethereal spell. Um, but yeah, it's. I think the the problem for me with the Stone Guard is that as much as I love, I really like the models. I actually like the K bits on top of their heads as well. Like I know the internet's going to tell me I'm wrong, but like I really like them all. Um, the I think they combo particularly with the uh, the mallets because um, obviously any sixes to wound, I believe, with the mallets they get plus one damage. Um, so they yeah. combo really well because the the command ability from the king gives you picks D three units within eighteen um, and gets plus one attack. So, like, obviously, you want to be rolling more attacks for them. So, I think they combo well. I think with the two attacks each, like, as an individual unit, they're kind of good, but I don't think you want to... I mean, you're investing quite a lot of points into something that does an all-right job, you know, ignore end one, uh, you know, can push people back, but they're not going to be survivable uh, unless you base the army around them. They're not going to be super offensive unless you base the king around them. But ultimately... Uh, you know, uh, why would you? You could almost take. I mean, how many points is the standard spirit of the mountain? Like he is what three hundred odd? Three forty, I think. Three forty. Like ten yeah. stone guard are about the same, right? No, ten is two hundred. Oh, two hundred points. Yeah. So like you could have 
20 of those and like whereas the spirit of the mountains got like he's got that really good shooting attack 30 inch range you know threes twos ren two damage d6 it's kind of cool um you know if you're near a mage, a mage as well like you know they don't um you know they don't damage table doesn't band you they stay on the top one which is you know which means that they're still pumping out there like you know their damage five with their world hammers which is you know that's the difference so i think it's a bit of an odd one i, I do really like i mean geometric is the list that i wanted to do initially it was like i really like the the idea of like the stone guys with backed up with the mountain and techless and the formation and just making a unit that an army that is super you know survivable um and can dish out damage if you play it correctly but i think personally the the army the two that i've looked at particularly you metric and sire you almost want to have like a balance i feel like you know but it's going to be interesting to see actually i'm really interested to see you and byron done because the two other great nations are so like i mean the double caster and like the one that byron's got as well i want to see like where you guys went with that because it's quite interesting so did we did we finish terry's bit have we talked through yeah so as i wanted to do it as like a hobbyist sort of army i think i'd have to go with like blue and orange or something like my skaven on these i think would look really cool yeah yes do you what's their traditional scheme is it is it uh the, it's the standard scheme it's the it's the blue and white so, but yeah so you do them like orange and blue like you're yeah, in the same storm theme type yeah scheme. yeah that's cool so did you good. think about like if you were going to theme the basin or do anything with the the background did you look at like the background or? sort of temp i think with that i've got some some like texture rollers and things where i'd like to do sort of almost like temples and pillars and just to sort of mix in with what they've already got on their basing yeah so like eltharians obviously stood on broken pillars and bits so some of the kits already lend themselves towards that so you just top it off with did you, you know, have ruined... him in the list did you make your list no like no. he's kind of cool but i i already had the the other smaller heroes and i just wanted to sort of focus it around that but i think you could slot him in quite nicely <laughs> he looks like a quite a fun little hero I think he's really I'm... good. The only thing I struggled with is I realised he was a unique hero, so you can't give him artifacts or command traits, yeah. which is a bit he... of a shame. I love, love him as a model. I love him as a model. I love the way he plays. I love everything about him. But I, I just never find the time to get him in my list, if that makes sense. Never find the, like, the space for him. I think like, it's an if model. you take techless, isn't it? I mean, you, yeah. you, you literally don't have much to play with. No, exactly. Okay, cool. So um, I think what we'll do is we'll take a break, and when we come back, um, we can kick off with uh, Byron and myself talking about our great nations uh, and do a little bit of a wrap-up. Um, so, yeah, join us again shortly. Uh, I'm back in a minute. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break. Um, so I think we'll go straight into Byron's uh, delving into his great nation. Okay, so I John, have to talk about yours. This. I found the book really confusing. Um, <laughs> it's the start of it. Also, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is this is productive, but um, it's really hard to look the stuff that was in 
as in the the starter box that came out like the the spearmen seem inherently solid i like three inch range is lovely they're awesome i also like i'm governed by which models i like as well i think the horses look pretty cool um i love the shields oh we're on camera i can change things by showing you so the only thing i've painted from this release is the shields but i really like them Wait. i painted three in different colors um there'll be a tutorial on that on artist Open soon but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like how the core troops look. Like, I really, really, really like it. I think they look awesome. I think the um, horses look dynamic and the other guys look static and epic at the same time. And that kind of is where I went with the list. Um, none of you have considered allies, I presume. Because you can only take Iden FD. Uh, okay, a couple of you mentioned fragility and screening and stuff. Like, do you consider putting three of the defensive eels sideways in front of anything? No. no. I, did look at, I did look at the allies and I just thought... Do they fit what I want to do? And no, so. that's the problem. I think the yeah. you. I'd almost take the uh, the, the defensive fields are quite good, but you, again, at that point, points are so so scarce in that army. It's like I think it's a little bit easier if you're not taking techless. Um, yeah. Oh well. And okay. Not, so <laughs> surprise, yeah. surprise. Um, a couple of questions first. Like with people being wizards, how much do you actually need characters? If you if you obviously if you're playing a list that isn't character centric. Like, how few characters can you get away with, again, a comparison to Ideneth? Like, there's some pretty good Ideneth lists out there that just take two characters and they roll with it and run fairly well. I um, don't know if I've missed a trick here, but I'll, I'll run through where I started with my list and the ideas, and then we can probably conclude that it's not a very good idea. Um, skip characters for now, because I don't particularly care about them. Like, they'll, they'll fit in at the end. Um, wardens, so three units of 20 of those. Um, unit... Uh, a unit of 10 Wardens, units of 10 Sentinels, uh, three units of five Dawn Riders, and a unit of Ishley and Guard. And then you've got room for one character, is where I started off. And normally, normally when I write a list, I, um, I'll start off with what I want, and that isn't the characters, unless it's something cool and cheap, basically. Um, and then I just have to pair back and be realistic. So those 320s of the Spear Guys, which I think is a really cool unit in both in terms of like flexibility, footprint, um, just about enough wounds, just um, reach and, and things like that. You, you've got the ability with a list like this to run like loads of little squares. Um, and those squares could like, <laughs> someone would have to completely mob around them. And they could, if they if they went in front front onto someone, you could pretty much be like four wide, five deep, ish nearly, and be playing a massive amount of damage into one area, which I really like the idea of. Um, and if you're in um, squares, you minus one to hit bar. And if you're if you follow the shining company rule, if each model is touching two other bases, they're minus one to hit, but they can't run uh, or charge when they. Does do that it. work for the guy? Oh yeah, okay. So that works for the guys in the corners too. All right, I didn't know that was a thing. Anyway, that sounds really nice. Um, everyone's okay. a wizard. Um, <laughs> everyone's a wizard, which is great. And then the kind of the, the stuff that I thought it's important to double down on with a, a list like this is slightly backed up by my nation of Iliatha. Um, so you can use this command ability in your shooting phase or in the combat phase. If you do, say, pick one friendly um, Venari unit with two or more models, you can reroll hit rolls of a one for that unit. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is completely unrestricted, right? right. Like there's no range on that. There's no. So, is it is it as unrestricted as I think the strike in unison command ability? It doesn't even say here, does it? No, like zero, none. Which seems mental, but I'm rolling with it. So, um, 
unless you can tell me that I've interpreted this incorrectly, like that sounds, it's not powerful, so I don't think it's overpowered, but it sounds, it sounds really, really very, very useful. Um, uh, where are we? Soul Especially one, if you blah, don't blah, really blah. have anything to spend command points on, right? Oh, the idea with a list like this is that you just you just run around and be fairly useful in a lot of locations with way more bodies than any other army like this. Um, probably I'd have and to pair back on the unit. Like unity of purpose as well, that would trigger off that as well. So yes, if you did exactly. like strike in unison and you're both next to each other, they both get that for one command point? Yes. So the idea is that I've got three 20s of spears, three tens of bows. I can't remember the names or anything. Um, three fives of the horses, um, which is quite a lot of wounds by this army standard. I'm sorry for being me. How many flappies um, do you have? No, no flappies. <laughs> no flappies. Um, and then the artifact, um, which actually seems like not awful, given that you're probably putting on a little crappy character, but one you're not going to have many characters in this like this. The first time a bear is slain, um, before remove them from battlefield, roll a dice, one to three, they're dead, four to six, they're returned on full wounds. Um, that's pretty cool, actually. So the idea I had in my head, whether it is realistic or not, is you would have a lot of units running around, potentially in pairs, um, looking here and there and being annoying. But the, 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 the big control aspect of this is whether you decide to run things in lines uh, to get in the way, whether you decide to run them in little blocks, whether you scurry horses down the side or you just put them front, like, front on like a screen. And you basically irritate people until you've won the game. Um, doing far those more than you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. those, those horses are so good with how fast they are. Right. I think oh, like, nuts. If, if you take, I mean, as well, like when you look at their, their ability, so they're doing more wounds on sixes innately. If you charge into a unit of like single wound infantry, they get three attacks apiece. If you charge into one to two wounds, they get one, they get like two attacks apiece. You can cast like they've got an inlate that spell that speed of hish, which I don't see why you'd never you not give it to them. So like cast right. on a five, you can spend an A for quartz to get a plus one to cast, or you can re-roll it if you need to, and then they move twenty-eight. Yeah. It's, so yeah. It seems like so I've surprisingly I looked at this, I didn't understand things, so I went with what I know, which is eye drops, flexibility, picking things that seem to be like a fairly decent their uh, points value and somewhat flexible. And then at the end of it, I have a couple of hundred points spare for characters. If I don't put in the unit of three eels, which just seems like a cool idea, um, I end up with uh, uh, 1650 points. So 350 points to spend on characters or spells or whatever. Um, and just to recap what was in it, 320s of spears, yeah. 310s of the bows, which seem nuts good and flexible. Like they, I'm super excited by the idea of those. Um, I've got a unit of 10 spears as well, just because uh, it seemed like it'd be useful for a screen. Then three of the five Dawn Riders. Um, also, practically... 350, uh, yeah. 350, yeah. Also, practically, I mean, we've only got the box set out at the moment, so this is something that you can build from what exists currently. <laughs> so, um, like, I mean, you guys can plan you your armies with other stuff all you like, but I can actually do mine. Um, <laughs> if you attempt to try of uh, fitting in the, the Stone King, like the, the King in the Mountain, because okay, he well, base, his commandability be yeah, command buffs attacks on D3 units. So you like spend a command point, roll D3 units, you get an extra attack on all your spears. Um, yeah. And also then he's got a long-range snipey shooting thing. He, oh, it's good, that one. Yeah, he's got six attacks with his hammers where he, um, you know, threes, threes, run two, damage five, I think. You know, yeah. so he, he's then your hitty thing that you can combo up. Um, the only problem is, is that he will degrade because you've not got a mage to keep near him. 
a stone mage to, yeah. keep, to keep them on side. Well, as with any of my lists, there's so much crap in here that some of the crap can be dropped for other crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the idea with it is um, your opponent takes the first turn and then your army looks confusing and crap. But actually, it can do quite a lot of stuff and it can do it really quick. Like if you want to hammer, if they put in, I don't know, a unit of any 40 chaffy things in the game in front of this army, it would it'd be gone in like a second. Um, if they put something elite in, three units of spears um, are actually not too bad. And with the spells that are available in the list, once your opponent's closer to you, I was talking about restrictive ranges, I would be debuffing the hell out of that unit or um, buffing the hell out of mine. Now, I don't think you could do much to build something super resilient, but you could be resilient against it in return. Or just spread out and do really irritating things like having know one horse in contact here and one horse in contact here i've got a camera now this is nice um, and having them all strung out and unable to be where they want to be um i think yeah, if, I'm you, not if sure. you're facing your blocks around that as well like what you've got innately with the venari which are the spear guys is that they are better when someone charges you so if someone charges you they get plus one to wound they get rend and they get minus one to hit so if you combo them so you have them next to each other so that if your opponent if you like you know if you're i mean you're trying to avoid it but if they they come in and they fight one unit then you're going twice right because you are not going twice you get to activate two units so if you've got that 220s is not to be able to 220s is really not that bad um as far as the yeah. like the damage potential of them also if these guys are getting a pile in a pile in when you've got a three inch reach is a much more big deal than a pile in when you've got a one inch reach it's, it's so 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 different you could have a unit that i don't know three guys could be in contact and then suddenly that, that six inch potential that could that could be like 15 more out of that 20 even if they were out of position um mm. do you think that army would work obviously you've got enough points left to like probably two wizards and geminids would be a very solid choice yeah. to, to to drop in in terms of what you'd add to it um i would love for there to be a little more high quality shooting to back up the but not crazy high quality shooting of the bow guys uh, you've got 30 inch range to play with if they're doing the long shot and uh 18 they're doing the other one um, yeah if there could be geminids is a bit pokey uh so you could you could use that to bully a specific character or something but um i think the army lacks in general in the ability to reach out and touch things without you needing several things to go off in the right order being like portal and then this or something like that the only thing you have really is the sentinels and the um the big guys the big guys shot which is awesome but yeah. paying 300 and something points for that is um quite a lot you need to combo i think the big guys up i think you know if you did it's very the army seems to me like you need everything needs to be at list design stage everything needs to like have its place and like synergize otherwise it, it doesn't work i think i think your list mate could be it is very byron <laughs> if that makes sense um is in that there's lots of like little elements to it and i think that it will be your it will get the opportunity to, to to win games by you know the fact that you've got three to 20 spears they're like they're at the front line you know the people who ignore the horses you're chipping away at the heroes with the the sentiment um yes yeah, yeah. i think it, it, i think the, the the main problem that that list will have the same as every list is that at some point somebody will go these spear elves are really good if I charge them, maybe I won't charge them. Yeah. In which because case, the, you, yeah. Got 130. Yeah, because they lose there, all so their thinking with, Yeah. The thinking with that is that you just, you, you park, your guys are pretty fast, especially the horses. You can probably steal some objectives early game that your opponent wasn't suspecting. Then if you can get into position, someone either doesn't charge you when you carry on scoring, or they do charge you and they've got to deal with your units getting a buff for free, like a significant buff for free. Um, 
but yeah it's, it's 130 wounds with 350 points spare which could be for characters or could be for other stuff um but two wizards and geminids is probably roughly where i'd go with it you got everything in the army as a wizard like absolutely everything kind of interesting doing more wounds on sixes as well everything mm-hmm. you know do you think get, yeah yeah i think it's 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 solid did you read the lore on these guys yeah. you should it's disturbing <laughs> yeah so apparently they um they're they are clone twins so two bodies with one mind and they clone they clone like two for one person and oh. apparently these are the most um they use the magical process of arcanogenesis and the matriarchs known as the mothers of the spirit has ensured their people are cloned um so it seems like they're they're a little bit little bit freaky deaky on the uh on the family tie type stuff so it reminds That's me why of you that get two units at once. Where you've got that. yeah because they're <laughs> twins so they're twins oh, wow. so i thought that was quite cool, gonna be, actually I just... you're gonna be really thematic everything in the army should it should be doubled so you could have two units of 20 of these two units of, 10 of that, <laughs> two units of five of this two units of six of that and you could you could just deploy two armies and then and do that thing you could even, a... if you wanted to do it as a hobby project, you could paint like a bit like yin and yang. So you could do like black and oh, white, so and you cool. could you could reverse it. So you could oh, have black, black and black white shields, white armor, white shields. Yeah, and or even like you know, you could do so you reverse it. So you've got the inner bit of the armor is black, and the trim is white, and the other unit has white, and then black is the trim, and you just flip it, and you yeah, just say, well, they're they're the two twin units, and then you just well, have actually, like the, the cloth to tie the army in. That's yeah. cool. And you could use one, really yeah, good. one the orange off that just ties it in, so you can, uh, yeah. Designs on the shields, like I know it's a small thing to pick on in terms of what you like about the models, but those shields are absolutely gorgeous, like, really, really good. Um, paint scheme wise, what I was thinking of was something completely different from anything I believe. I've only skimmed through the books, but um, I painted a Stormcast with black armor recently, and the idea that I like is super matte black armor. Um, and then the trim would be um, shiny gold or shiny silver, like me- like MM or true metallic metal. I don't think it matters particularly, but do all of them really quick, so basic, like maybe red, red or cream for the cloaks or something like that. Tat it up a little bit, and then basically make them like of like uh, I don't know, crusaders in black, as far as the theme goes. Covered in dust, they've been on the march, and um, they're still shiny and regal, but they're not like pristine. Um, and I just like the idea of the shields with a, a black background and designs in white. Obviously, that's a tiny thing on the camera, but um, they are awesome. Uh, and I think that would look absolutely striking. And it would make them look more like an army than any other scheme that I can think of as well. Like, re- like repeated, just like 20 block, 20 block, 20 block. It's, it's pretty, like, if you don't include the guys who've got weird stuff on their heads, um, like, or, or that going on in the army, it's a very classic looking army. Like long pikes um, that are probably going to break. Um, people on horses who are lightly armored. Some more stoic, like static people. Um, I quite like the traditional feeling of it. Um, so that's what I was going with. A bit like when you see like classic Knights Templar crusading models painted, where they're black and the robes have got like mud spatter on them and they've got like dark yeah, leather, exactly but they're that. basically black and white and silver. I think it looked really badass, like properly cool. Um, yeah, so you you could have this sort of like your whole great nation painted in like quite a striking scheme. That'd look brilliant. Any table as well, you drop that, you drop it on a green one, it'll look awesome. Drop it on a 
dark one, it'd look awesome. On a light one, it'd look great. Um, I don't think it'd be, it'd be like, everyone would look at that a lot and think it looked cool. It'd be quite hard to make it top, top, top level. But if you wanted to, the answer is really simple. Every single shield, you go crazy NMM on the gorgeous designs on it. And then it would, you just, you'd be at Peyton Award level there pretty much instantly. It'd be fun as well. They're nice shapes, they're modern. Um, I, how's the assembly of the spear guys? Really nice. I, I actually really, really enjoyed uh, assembling the spear guys. Um, that you can pretty much put them all together and keep the swords off the back. Um, they go together really slick, like the um, sort of like the inner tabardy bit. You look at it and you think, well, that's going to be weird. And then you put them together and they just slot together nicely. Um, the the joins, like the seal lines, that are in like the folds of the cloth at the back of the the sort of like the back of the model so when you put them together um you don't really need to like even gap fill because you just put like a little bit extra glue and then it when it sort of slots together it just automatically dries and fills up um the the hands and the spears go together perfectly um with like the little plug fits um and the heads are like you know posable there's two different types you get loads of extras the only thing that i think that i come and stuck with on the first model i did was the some you need to make sure that you have the right sword for the right back because they don't fit in properly um and as in like if you don't and also if you do it wrong you can kind of like mess it up because all of the little tassels on the model because of the um the way that the the range was designed um every sort of tassel that's blowing in the wind on every single model they're all blowing the same direction because it's meant to be the wind of hish through the through the realm of light so they're all sort of like, so if you have them, they're all facing the same direction, like the wind's blowing from the left. So they all sort of like sway that way. It's really, really cool. Yeah, mega. What characters would you guys put in if you had 350 points? I'd go a Tharian and like a wizard because our Tharian's like, I just, I, I want to put him in every list because he's such a like a cool little support character. Like he ignores Rend, he pumps out loads of damage, any sixes to hit gets an extra hit. You know, he does um, mortal wounds. He's... I'm surprised you didn't put him in your list, Les, because his command ability would get around your Aethercourt stacking because he makes you bravery 10, doesn't he? If you're holding him in 24, it does. I think it is. 24 inches, long way. He's really solid. I mean, I, I wish you could give him an artifact because I, I, there's a really good one that I was in the Great Nation that I'm taking. And I was like, oh, that'd be sick on him. But he's... I just think he's really good. I mean, his shooting ability is really good as well. Like, you know, so, like, you know, pick up. A... Pick a unit with an 18 on a one nothing happens, two right. to four D3 mortals, five plus D6. You know, he's just, he's really fucking cool. And like, you can uh, run and use that as well. It, he's got a three up ethereal save, isn't he? And he half. Yeah, he's got a three up ethereal. Yeah. And, you know, ignore it. He doesn't take minus his hit. And it's got a six inch move as well. So the, the range of that's 24 inches, but there's no reason you can't run and use that ability, which actually, like, that's a poke right Diggs there. It's not a missile weapon, right? So. That's a real that's a real good poke. That in addition to to your um your sentinels, um, that's a very that's just it's really good backup. You could try with him first and then try with one unit of ten, another unit of ten, and another unit of ten until the character was taken out. Um it's and like he just pumps out so many attacks. I mean like any sixes to hit gives two hits as well. Like, you know, which is, you know, Supreme Swordmaster. So sorry, any sixes to hit inflicts two hits, um, and then you make wound rolls for each. Um, you know, it, you add one to wound rolls for the fang, and you ignore negative hit modifiers as well, don't you? Yeah, you ignore like minuses. So he goes in, like, he's like, oh, a minus two, you're like, well, I don't care. Um, and if you roll a six to wound, it does a mortal wound in addition. So, yeah, it's a shame he's got quite a big base. 
Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got such a big base in comparison to everything else in the army. It'd be lovely if he could just like slide in there and do whatever. But still, he's he's tough enough. Um, it's to, only a fifty. It's not that big. Yeah, it's just significantly larger than the. Like, it'd be lovely if he could just squeeze through a gap and like obliterate something. But um, I think there's definite strength, particularly with him, because you don't have many options of like small damage dealing pieces on the list at all that isn't shooting. Uh, a real strength to running up something, pinning, and then just tagging him on the end and getting that little bit of extra damage uh, where you need it. I don't think any hero would want to fight him either, like, you know, with his, what, like, he's Rend 3 with a Fang Sword. So, like, you know, he, he's wounded on twos if he's charged. He's Rend 3. Any sixes to hit score two hits, um, you know, and any uh, any sixes also do a mortal wound in addition. And if you're fighting a hero, you can add plus one to the damage of your weapon. Yeah. So he's quite... Laid. Which is, I know it's less attacks and stuff, but it's still D3 damage. Yeah, still D3 damage with Rend 1, 2s and 3s. Yeah, he's hitting on 2s as well. Like, so he doesn't, he ignores modifiers, he hits on 2s. So he's he's very, he's a, he's such a cool piece. I just never but really. There's not a lot of stuff that will kill him because even if you go, you know, like something that's got high damage, because you half the damage and he's got a free up ethereal. And if you put protection on him, if, if you've got Teclas and he's in the bubble, He's got a five-up ignore as well. He just becomes an absolute tank. Not short of, like, if you are in melee as well, there's a decent amount of debuffing within the army. Like, the, the big monster's got the shockwave thing where everyone within 12 inches is minus one to hit, or I, I think maybe you pick one unit, it's minus one to hit or something like that. There's quite a lot of stuff in the army. For, when you do get into combat, if you haven't been held over already, there's quite a lot of ways to make it so your opponent is is kind of neutered. So um, I had the great nation of Zytrek, um, which are these guys are like the um, magic-y ones. They, they like to cast lots of spells with Wanted Abandon, and Teclas often hangs out with these guys. So it's kind of uh, originally Teclas when I looked... Bros. Yeah. <laughs> originally when I looked at this, I if I, I haven't really looked at Luminous, so I opened the book yesterday and had a quick look through and kind of did a crash course in it. Um if I was doing, if I was picking one for me, I think I'd quite like to do Eumetrica, and I quite like this the Hammer guys. The issue I have with them is their movement four. And I just think it's a bit. You look at them and you go, are they really? I don't know if they're good enough. And I think the the power for me came comes from the shooting. I think the Sentinels are the unit that does will do all the all the stuff you can't do with the rest of your army like picking off the key targets and, and getting rid of the buff pieces and uh, taking out big monstrous heroes. The only way you're really going to do it is with Sentinel units. You might, if you can't get into combat, you know, if it's like a, a someone screened behind stuff, how are you going to get to it? You do have, like, access to spells, and you could do damage, mortal wound, do death by a thousand cut type things. But um, I think for me, I looked at this and originally... I, I quite like the traditional look of this army. Like you've got like um pikes, you've got bows, you've got cavalry. It looks a bit like a historical army. So it's um I when I did my high elves uh back in the day, I did them as what I called that I did the phalanx. So I had sword masters in the front, spearmen, I had like sea guard and I modelled them so I had spears in the front, bows in the back rank in the same unit, because obviously it's a rank and flank type game one unit of like dragon princes to sweep in and I had units, little mini units of um, sword masters to sweep in and do the damage. So I think that there is a list where you would run like fives of the stonemasons and like you'd run lots of little units 
you know, like tens of all the spearmen, tens of all the archers, you know, like fives of the cavalry, and and a couple support heroes. You don't touch Teclas, and your magic is almost uh, if you get the buff off, you get it off, but you don't rely on the magic. Um, obviously, what Zytrick does is it gives you a plus one to cast on the first spell that each wizard casts in that hero phase. So that's actually quite, um, and it also affects for unbinding and dispelling. So what's quite nice is that you get a plus one to dispel or uh, or cast your inent buff. Now, because the buffs go off on a six, um, they're key, I think, to doing the damage. So not having that plus one means you're doing it on a six. On a natural six, it's quite a high chance of failure, and it's quite easy to stop. Now, if you're in Zytrek, then you're doing it on a five, but then... Actually, if you take Teclas, he buffs units wholly within. I think it's I think it's his aura, which is like eighteen, yeah. or maybe fifteen. You get plus one to cast as well, so you're actually at plus two. So you're doing your buffs on a four, and obviously they've got to beat that roll. So the it's harder for them to stop them. So your units will be more likely to have their empowerment off, which means the mortal wound output should be better. Um, so, so if you've got techless, like they've probably got more important stuff to stop than that. So you're you're kind of doubling down on ensuring that you do get every single unit, like eighty percent of the time, should be its buff version of itself, pretty much. Yeah. So I I looked at this and I uh, you've got the command trait, which if your general has this, they can unbind one extra spell and then they can re-roll on that unbind attempt, which is okay, but. Tactus doesn't actually need to be the general because there's no benefit to him being the general. So he yeah. immediately says that you're going to have a Kaflar probably to be the general. So it's useful, but it's the second unbind. So it's, you have to unbind something and then unbind something else. But if you've got Tetlis, then you probably just use Tetlis. I don't know, but it's it's a bit weird. I don't know if it's yeah. that good. The one thing I do like is the artifact, which is the gift of Selenar, which means that when you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bearer on a two uh, and you basically on a six you ignore it but if techless is on the battlefield it's on a four so that squishy kaflar model which i think you can really write some horrific combos around is key and they've got a four up ignore save so that makes Deal. them way more resilient yeah also dude you can actually use your aether quartz to increase your casting as well i was thinking yeah. then so you could essentially get so much more benefit using the Aether Quartz. And obviously, if you've got that Cathlar, like you're saying then, and he's in range, he can absorb the um, the, the drop in their bravery to make them more resilient as the game goes on. Yeah, I think for me, the the, the issue with the Aether Quartz, you could use it on casting, but I think because you can only do one per phase, um, you, you probably want to keep it for the other abilities like you know, rerolling your saves or rerolling your hit rolls or, or something like that because even on the support hero you probably want to re-roll the saves to make sure they don't die um so i'm not sure i did think about it but i thought when would you use it you might but the spells are so reliable you probably don't need to worry about it too much but i think you could do it after you cast is that right yeah it's, so you have so, to you see after you cast and you can so if you if you really need a spell you. off and you're like oh i'm gonna do it so yeah um but I've, the other thing they've got is they've got an extra spell, which is Overwhelming Heat, um, which is, this is quite good, because it's wholly within 24 of the caster, and all the units could be able to cast this. Half the move of that unit, uh, and then roll a dice, 
if the roll's equal to then the units equal to or greater than the save, they take D3 mortals. So it's like a longer range half movement spell. So because it's wholly within twenty four, I think yeah. that's a little bit. It's a little bit more reliable. And also, oh, if you've got bit, that's a lot. If you've got two, then you're going to probably get one of them off. Because if you've got both of them, and Teclas knows all the spells in both laws. So I, I looked at this and I thought, well, if I was trying to cheese this list, if I was going to an event and I wanted the best list I could get with this, I thought Teclas has to be in this army. Um, and what I did is I originally wrote a list without Teclas just to see how many models I could get. But I think that would lend itself better to like the great nation of Liatha or, or even even to Sire rather than yeah. Zytrek. So I thought, let's play to the strengths if I'm doing Zytrek. So this is the list I come up with. Now, it's a two-drop army. Cool. Okay. Because the idea is that I don't want to go second. I want the choice because I need my defense up. I need Teclas to be safe. Okay. So I've taken Teclas and I've taken a Kaflar. Then I've got 20 Sentinels, 20 Sentinels, 20 Wardens, 10 Wardens in a Legion. And then end the spells... I've taken the Horror Ghast and Soul Screen Bridge. Now, what this allows me to do, okay, nice. so this is this is a Bravery Bomb mechanic army with an Alpha Strike um, ability. So what I decided to do was how can I deliver my shooting where I need it to be? So yeah. what I decided to do was, um, and this is 2,000 on the nose uh, with the new points for the bridge because in the handbook it's 100 points. Um, rather than 80. So the idea is you you have the spell, which is, I think it's Voice of the Mountain in yeah. the in one of the laws, and what that does is that's minus two bravery to all enemy units on the battlefield. There's no range, it's just it just does everything. So Teclas can drop that. Now he can also drop the Horror Ghast near a unit, and that's another minus two bravery, and the bridge is a minus one bravery as well. So that's that's a minus five bravery, yeah. and the Kaflar's mechanic where you can use an aid for quartz and bounce the negative bravery onto a unit that's minus six bravery. And then what you can do with the Kaflar is that if a unit of yours in the battle shock phase, you on a two plus, you can basically say, well, they don't take battle shock, and your unit takes it, and all the wounds that they've suffered, you have to take as your modifier. So if yeah. you've dropped their bravery by six and they've killed like eight of your guys they're going to be at like a bravery test with minus 14. So you... it allows you to transfer the damage, which sounds all amazing, but the idea, the way you set this up in my head, is you put the bridge down, okay, and you you use that to teleport the sentinels that you've buffed with all your magic spells, you know, they're, they're exploding hits and all the rest of it, through the bridge, because that, that happens in the movement phase. So in the hero phase, you can drop the bridge down, you can set up for this. You can set up, you know, on the line, whatever. So when you put those those sentinels through the bridge, you can essentially alpha strike a target, and if you can get within their shorter range, they're more effective. Um, and there's also you can use the Texas spells as well to do stuff like Eclipse, where you you can basically mean their command abilities cost two. So if they do a turn try and attack you, they probably don't have two in the bank when you bounce the. Um, bounce the battle shock yeah because you can essentially set up your kaflar to be within range of that sentinel unit you've teleported with his move because he moves six and you could even use the run or command point run even behind the wardens 
and he's quite resilient, that basically what it's doing is saying, here's the archers, they've just killed a priority target. You now got to go and attack them, but by attacking them, I'm going to bounce off and probably damage one of your other units in the process. And you've still got another unit of 20 sat behind, which allows you to then, when they've done that, you can almost put the wardens in, drop the um, horror ghast within range, you know, make sure you've got the other spells, combo the bravery then, the bravery combo the second turn when you get to go back at them with whatever is exposed. And obviously some armies don't care about bravery, but the point is the the toolbox you've got doesn't matter. So the only points you've really spent on the bravery bomb is the horror ghast at 60 points. Um, mm-hmm. And you could swap out, put the palisade in and things like that. And you could, I did have one list where I had the palisade and the, um, the mirrors instead of the bridge. Okay. Yeah. But what one I found is that... Yeah, I think for me, the, the, those are good options, particularly if you want to play a game where you're, you're very defensive and you're using your 30-inch range and you're being more patient and you're using Texas spells in an offensive manner. Um, in, my, in my head, I was kind of thinking, well, the mirrors is really useful for that, but it's, um, it, it's one of those decisions you'd have to make. But what I found is the ability to two-drop your army and basically guarantee killing something is so powerful in Age of Sigmar that it's and your army, the rest of your army, because you've still got the those units, is is still fairly fairly fighty. It is yeah. it is a and little flexible. bit yeah, and and like you're gonna sit there defensively and then and then play a long game. If you, and if you don't want to alpha strike, you don't have to because you've still got a thirty inch range, so you can basically yeah, just sit really where good. you are, buff and just shoot. Um, but what it does allow you to do is reach out and kill somebody's key piece. So if you play against, I don't know, another Teclas army and you're a two-drop and you can alpha strike their Teclas, then you can do that. Obviously, there are some things in the game that are going to cause you a massive headache, like things like Marathi, because you just can't alpha strike Marathi. You know? But there are, I think the army is solid enough in its own way, but I think it is, it's, I don't think Lumineth for like, super top tier and i think you have to play really well with them especially if you take techless because i think techless just compounds the 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 issue where you've got one key model you must maximize the potential out of that model every turn it's a bit like running a Larry or running archeon or, or someone like polarizing that. is going to be alive at the end and you've steamrolled your opponents or you lose them yeah. early and it's a it's a very very hard uphill battle at that point yeah and conversely i wrote a list without um techless and yeah. thought what would that look like in terms of models and effectively it's 20 sentinels 20 sentinels 20 wardens 20 wardens 10 dawn riders with the palisade the horror ghast in the legion with a kaflar a stone mage and the light vifarian so you've got quite a big army now if you really wanted to strip yeah. it down you could run double kaflar take the form everything out all the formations out all the endless spells and just spam bodies and spam sentinels like I want as many sentinels as I can, and you these are like doubled up size units just for the bravery issue. But yeah. you could have been tens, so you could literally go like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 5, 5, 5, 5, and just run yeah. MSU everything minimal. But I don't think that plays to the great nation strength that I'm doing a list for, yeah. and that's why I decided to do tetanus. But if I was doing an army, I would be going down that route, I think, because I think MSU with this army is massive and i would definitely run at least two kaflars i think because 
in that MSU list because that allows you to burn Aethricourts and start hitting their bravery. And the Stone Mage is there because he gives you access to Voice of the Mountain, which is just a spell yeah. he can cast, hit everything, and not be in range. In range because table wise, you could be in the back corner behind a rock. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. he's got other benefits, but I think you know if you just wanted it for the bravery debuff and most of all, scared, really scared of that because you could even just shoot, do that minus two bravery, and just shoot off a couple models in every unit and go. We'll take like ten battleship tests. Then I was going to say that you don't even need to be able to see those models to shoot them, do you? Because of the special rule of no. the because if you play the, the yeah, because you get to choose the shot, and one of them is is thirty inches. You don't need line of sight. And that exactly. even gets around things like spore splatter fanatics and things like that. Because yep, those those exactly. you can't see, but you don't need to see, so it's fine. Mm. So I think um I think the strength really the shooting is very strong, and I think the combat units are good. Like you say, but the reason I was leaning towards having lots of sentinels with the spearmen is that you want people to come into them because you want people to charge the spearmen. So you almost set them up traditional, you know, lines of spikes with archers behind within range for the buff, but not too close. They've got to go through the spearmen to get to the archers. While they're fighting the spearmen, they're getting peppered with shots. They're getting blown up by yeah. magic. Um, it doesn't yeah, have um... a lot of combat power in the army, but you get around that with you know, with your spells and with your buffs to enhance your units. Flexibility. Um, flexibility and specificity as well. Like if you've, if you've got something nearly dead, the fact that you've got turbo horses to just practically teleport across the table and be pretty good on the charge... Um, with a small footprint is is quite nice as well. Like I think people would be very caught out by your ability to make sure that particular small things died at almost any point of the table. Yeah, and that's why I kind of prefer the list without techless because you don't have to worry about going first. You don't have to worry about having a formation to get your drops down. That doesn't restrict your unit choices. Um, yeah, you don't have as good magic, but every unit's a wizard. Every unit can cast a spell. Every unit gets plus one if you're in this this great nation so they're making more reliable and you could even take the endless spell which is the um uh the twin stones which i think is quite good because you can um you can burn it to get plus one and then um yeah, you can store then after the spell you change it back to so it's always going to have a d6 ticks up gives you a bonus but you could get plus one to every spell within range because every time you use it, you put the dice back as a one. I'll use it again. Right, it's back as a one. I'll use it again. It's back as a one. So every unit within range of it, when you place it, it could get plus one to cast. Or you could boost the level of it up, then burn it to get like plus four, plus five to cast. So it's quite good if you want your unit buffs off, especially the archers. And you're saying, well, I'm on a, I'm on a six to do it, but I'm getting plus one because I've got that. I've got plus one because of this. I've got plus one because of Tetris. It's basically automatic. And I think without the spell, doing mortals on a six rather than on a five is massive. It's almost like a must-stop spell. Yeah. Oh, it makes it like number like as well for the yeah. rerolls when that you really need that key. Like you know, I can't remember the wording on it exactly. Whether you have to go fishing for the mortal. Yeah, I think you can because I I looked at Lambert Light, but again, it fails by the issue that it's eighteen-inch range. It's not wholly within, no. but it is. Uh, it says you can reroll hit rolls, so you can fish for mortal wounds. Um, so that's why I think the mirror is good because, like you know, if you were doing a more sit back with the mirror and the palisade, you could put the the lambent light through the mirrors onto a unit and then shoot it with both units of archers at long range, doing mortals on a five. You know, so basically, you you should basically delete whatever you fight, whatever's there, even if it's green or it's thirty witch elves, whatever. Do a significant amount of damage and then say, "Well, come at me." And if you've spent the the two command point 
um, spell as well, then for them to save that with Battleshock is really costly, and a lot of armies don't want to burn two command points on something like that um, because it might cripple their their ability to be effective in their turn. So, I mean, look uh, at some of the egregious stuff out there. Like, you know, you look at Fire Slayers with the, the units of Hurricane Berserkers. Hmm? Like, on the first turn, basically stop them doing that you stop them being able to go twice or go sorry stop them being able to go first um because the chances are they're only gonna have one command point maybe two you know so they've only got that option mm -hmm. but they the hearthcore berserkers are only good because they're in range of the heroes now you're gonna take it with the, like the big lists which are like you know the three times 20 of the hearthcore berserkers like that leaves not a lot of small heroes like you know there are only five wing heroes that can shrug but like you don't need line of sight. You just essentially just kill all the support heroes and then you go, right, so you can't run a charge. You can't, uh, because you've not got the runesmith to be able to allow you to do it. You can't do, um, you know, you, you, you're not spending your command point to go first. You're not in range of a hero to go again. You, you, you essentially then just go, so you've got two, 60 dudes that are really hard to kill, but they're only really hard to kill when there's a hero. So now you have yeah. moved four plus D6 for a run or whatever, coming across the battlefield and you just go, right, pick one unit. Make your six up saves, guys, you know, against the mortal wings. Yeah. When that unit's willed, pick that unit and then combo the others mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, it, 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 like just using that as a way to deal with like some of the more, like I use that as an example because it's quite a, a list that people don't like at the moment. Yeah. Like, a nasty one it was before the pandemic. Well, but, like, you, take, like taking out, taking out hags. It's just all joke. of the hags. Like, on, right. Yeah. I mean, 20 guys, uh, mortals on a five plus don't need to see you 30 inch range. You're, 18 mortal wound sorry um i mean what uh three six mortal wounds at that point pretty reliably i don't know where that came from um yeah six mortal wounds pretty reliably it's six and a bit actually like six and two-third mortal wounds yeah that's why that like it's so it? so if, yeah, you have the on top of that, if you get the light off it's, it's um it's crazy reliable to something if you've got two units of them as well um <sighs> like i i mean that's why i think the archers are kind of the the hidden power Rinch in the pin. army um, I do really like the stonemason, like hammer guys, you know, the mountains, but um, I don't, I'm not a big keen on the big, like, mountain models, but I do like the infantry guys. Um, and I think they could have a place in the list as well. But the, the only thing that puts me off them is the movement four. Oh, it just feels weird. Doesn't if they were it? movement six, I'd be like, oh, they're cool. They're like sword masters, but, and I could run like three to five. Yeah, but I just don't really, I look at them and I go, yeah, they're not wizards. and I mean, if you've got the bridge, that if you've got the bridge, that that changes it slightly, right? Not really, because what you teleport them through the bridge nine away, you've got no bonuses to charge. You're not going to get in. Yeah, they're just there. and I'd rather have them sat there with a load of pikemen behind them than than in the middle of the table yeah. with nothing around them. At least with the archers, you that, you're going to kill something, and then they yeah. come in and go and have a go at them, and you can still then go. Well, you can still make them defensive. I mean, I know they're not particularly yeah. defensive, but. The idea is you want them to go and hurt them, and then you want them to survive yeah. with a couple models and just bounce the bravery onto somebody else and watch another unit of theirs implode. And you've just got a two for one. Um, I think but that's a pretty extreme strategy. I think people I would only... deploy really weird with the bows as well. If you've got yeah. like that list, like people would be like, "Oh God, I'm going to have to like spread my heroes." Yeah, be sitting in corners it. and yeah, all the rest. Yeah, yeah. And then you don't yeah, even need like, to use back it. Too. Yeah, and you don't even need to use them. Just stand in the right place. Just move forward and just shoot thirty inches and go. Well, go on, move at me then, because you're not going to get to me because you've deployed like an idiot. And actually, the only reason you would 
can say with the games where your objectives appear halfway through the game as well your opponent's done something stupid you could have won by just threatening and then keeping units down here and your army's just like well i mean whatever happens i'm ready what are you doing yeah i'm i'm getting value every turn with my with my range and my spells you've got to come at me you've deployed in a really weird way because you wanted to protect your one model which is key to your army because you've designed your army around one thing so i can just delete that within range if you don't then i'm just going to pick you off piecemeal but i think that's that's the that's the trap everyone falls into with these alpha strike lists they think every game i deploy the same and i do this everything every turn one i do exactly the same thing and that's completely the wrong thing you need to be able to read the table read the scenario and understand what your opponent's going to do but what i like about the bridge it just it just messes with your opponent's head but without it there isn't anything in lumineth that makes people go Oh, I've got to worry about something coming on to the back or a drop or or so there isn't that threat. So you can Wait, play very it. safe mm. against them. And I think you need that. You need something like that. It's very similar to the list that I ran at eggs in a in a weird way. It's slightly mm. less janky and more cohesive, but it, it does pretty much the same thing. It threatens one area, whether it's characters or models. And then when people come into what's left, they've actually got a little bit more to worry about than the models would indicate normally like oh i'm gonna run into some archers cool well if you kill a load of them and they kill five you you're still at minus eight bravery or something yeah and i i think to be honest the um the list it's okay i don't think it's the be all and end all but i think it's just you're just giving yourself a way to affect the game um you know from turn one in a different way and and again it's two drops so you should get the choice most of the time two drops isn't mad yeah i mean it's is yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you're might gonna be okay. Zinch shooting, same as everyone else. I think you're gonna maybe run into yeah. a few, you know, because they're going to one drop, won't they? With chain host or whatever, but yeah, probably. But you know, where do you feel like? I mean, yeah, where do you feel like the army sits then? In like, if if Zinch is the big bad at the moment, that like, you know, where do you think the the Lumineth sit mm. in the overall scheme of things? Because like, it's quite it's... interesting to see where we are with this. Because I, I I've got my, my opinion on. Um, and I, honestly, I can't really comment because one, I don't know what the matter. I mean, I haven't just played against Inch. I've played no. a tournament since they've been out. Um, no idea really um, where where they sit. I haven't seen what Seraphon are doing on the table. Uh, I haven't seen how that affects things. Um, obviously, the handbook's coming out this weekend, so that's going to shake things up. I think I think they're good. I think they're solid. I think they're probably I'll put them around the same level as Idenf. Um So be able to be effective as Idenf and in the right hands and 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 take a couple cheeky wins at times. Um obviously I don't think they're as easy to play as Idenf. I think they're a lot harder to play. Yeah, uh, but I think power level wise I would say they're probably on a par with Idenf. Like bottom of the top third basically. Yeah, or, or like mid mid top I'd say. Yeah. I I wouldn't even put Idenf up in the top bracket. I'd put them as top mid top. Sort of so, like a four and five, maybe five and five, if you're lucky. If you can play your opponent, and get a good run. Yeah, I think I think yeah. three, three and three and two, our average player, top player, probably four and five, lucky five five. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's yeah. Just just in case anyone isn't, we're talking three wins at. Yeah. So, so the five round yeah. event. Yeah. You, but um, any, I think most armies you to go five five, you need a bit of luck. So I wouldn't. Yeah, there isn't really any army I'd put as five five. Yeah, easy you know, win, like you know, easy win with any armies maybe. that are like that. That means they've not got fixed yet. Yeah, and they will go. They will get fixed. So, um, yeah, I would say that you know it's not a a common a common thing. But that's my opinion on it. Um, 
Can I just touch on my paint scheme before we get to... Yeah, of course, yeah. And then I'll ask, we can go around, around Robin and see what everyone else thinks. Yeah. So um, paint scheme-wise, these guys are like purple and cream and gold. I love those colours, so I probably wouldn't mess around with that too much. Um, what I would do is they talk a bit, a little bit like about they have like a halo of energy shining down from above them. So yeah. they've got like a... I would, I would take a icy colour, probably frostbite or something out of a bit of luminosity. So it looked like they're in moonlight. And I would okay. xenophil them, and I'd want to do them quite high contrast between dark and light. I would want the armor to be like aged gold, and I'd like to do then the purple and cream. All the weapons to be like blue power weapons, because the picture okay. they're like these weapons all glowy. Um, and then the symbols on the shield almost like in the same like a magical rune, like so that's glowing. Okay. Um, so very similar to the picture, but I would I would want to push the contrast so it looks like they're in low light, so it's very dark. They're illuminated by the moon, and you use Dark a cold palette. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's just, just, just so it's almost all the colors are very muted and very pastel and and desaturated. So it looks like they're in like low light. There isn't a lot of brightness coming out of the the model, and the shadows are very prominent. Um, and I would like on the gold to make it look a little bit aged, um, not not like tarnished or verdigris or anything like that, but just make it look old kind gold. of old because they, they they're long lived and it's it's been around a long time, like a rich um, gold as opposed to a yeah yeah okay yeah like a, a a rich gold that's just losing its luster on the on the prominent edges, so almost like mix a bit like I did on my warriors, although that was a bronze with verdigris, but like mixing in that frostbite color into the gold to give it to take the edge of the shine off on the extreme highlights. Uh, but in the recesses, you've still got that deep metallic richness to it. So almost going dark into the, the very deep sort of like round on like the shields. You've got like those gems, haven't you? Almost like dark recess shades there to show that it's like it's aged as opposed to it being. Yeah. You know, and I would almost stipple it. Yeah. So it almost I think like that would look awesome. Mm. Tidy. If I was doing that for myself. But I can't see myself ever collecting these. So no, you. you I can remember when we saw the models. You were like, "No, nah, they're not for me." And I, I love like, the infantry. I love the infantry. I think they're fantastic. But I, okay. I just don't. I don't like the techless and cows, and I don't like the read the rules and that. I can't get that excited about playing them. So I'd it's a, do what do you guys? Else. So like, what do you guys think about techless as a whole? Like, so like, I know how I'm going to approach techless in my army. Like, you know, just how I'm going to approach it like the paint scheme stuff. I know he was very polar for when the model was shown. People were like, oh, he looks stupid. He looks like, I saw a lot of stuff online with people saying that it was looked like two distinct models that they just sort of smudged together. Um, which to me, it looks like the cover of a 1960s sci-fi book. I, I can't, it doesn't work. Like it, yeah, it looks like some, it looks like a Mike, if any of you know Michael Moorcock, who's like one of the fathers yeah. of sci-fi, yeah, yeah. it, it looks like that, or like an album cover from a cool band, but one that looks outdated AF. Um, that would be that would be my opinions on so, <laughs> glam rock metal band or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I to see the model in the 3D. Really, I mean, the 2D picture looks a bit weird, but I'm sure when you spin it around and you can see how Teclas fits in in a three dimensionally as yeah. a piece, I think it probably looks fine. I, I'm not a fan of the style. It, it's for me. There's a in terms of the army. There's like an Oriental type chinese japanese style of clothing and stuff which is fine but then there's some weird things around like these like these helmets with the ball heads on and things like that and 
I don't know what it is, but a lot of the aesthetic of them doesn't really do it for me. I like the infantry a lot. I think the elves, the archers and the spearmen and the um, cavalry all look really good. It's just the characters that, that kind of leave me a little bit, like, not sure. Um, I think they're fine, but I think for me, the, the the issue I've got with the army is just from a play point of view, it just doesn't, it doesn't grab me. It doesn't grab me. Cool. I don't know why, yeah. but not what enough combat. Terry? So what do you think, Terry? Um, what, as, as, a, as a whole for the army or... Yeah. Yeah, visually, I kind of like most of it. I'm still not sold on Teclas. I think he's one of the models where you just have to, you have to have it and look at it to appreciate it. The pictures, I don't know, you don't really get a depth of the model. Um, maybe in the 360, we'll be able to see um, a bit more. But the elves themselves, awesome, love them. Um, I kind of like the idea of doing the um, big stone cow guys. Just I'll probably paint one just for a bit of fun. Um, I can't see me doing this, these as an army, though. I mean, I'm still going to plug away with the Nurgle, and I'm, I kind of like the idea of doing giants when they rock around at some point. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. Like, I'm all in. Like, you know, I can't see me playing any other army, uh, you know, for, for a long time. You know, it's something that I want to have, like, multiple options with. Um, the aesthetic oh, appeals to me. Oh, that's good, though, for you. Yeah. The play, it's like almost like Stormcast all over again. So, like, I'll have my Stormcast army, which I've got, you know, and then I'll have this Luminef army and I've still got like a Warriors of Chaos army, like, you know, Slaves of Darkness army somewhere that's half done. So I can, you know, go back to you at some point if I want. Fair enough. I mean, it'd be interesting when we get back to gaming and see how they perform and see where they end up. Um, Obviously, depending on when that happens and what else is around and what the state of the game is, that'll make a big difference. But we could potentially start, go to a tournament with like four or five new things than, you know, army lists, meta lists because of the ghb changes that we haven't seen or prepared for so it's going to be quite an interesting uh deep dive into competitive gaming when that happens i think so i'm uh, i'm actually looking forward to us going through the the general's handbook and, and sort of like seeing what you know what's changed and you know our thoughts on it all that that's something that i'm looking forward to excuse me recording yeah Just speaking so of can... i think i think we'll we'll wrap up the show there um hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and we will come back with another show on general's handbook and stuff um when we get around to that but we're probably going to take a little bit of time and make sure the content is um very well considered and digested um so we're going to be on release day or anything so um i hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh yeah let us know what you think and uh we'll release more information about the future of facehammer and facehammer gt shortly so thanks for listening cheers guys thank you bye to make sure you don't miss out on any more hammer to your face subscribe to us on itunes Add our RSS feed to your reader and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.